Thank you and good morning. May it please the court. Jeff Johnson for Appellant State of Missouri. Uh, the Missouri uh, River is a vital natural resource that has to be carefully managed uh, for all the stakeholders uh, that, that take water, either for navigation, flood control, recreational uses, or for the preservation of wetlands. An issue in this case is whether federal agencies failed to properly consider the environmental impacts that a 40-year water contract would have on the Missouri River, thus violating the National Environmental Policy Act, and whether the federal agencies were required to comply with the Water Supply Act before issuing this long-term contract that would guarantee a water supply uh, for municipal industrial purposes uh, from the Missouri Rivers, River Reservoir. <clears throat> the district court uh, erred in deciding that a finding of no significant impact uh, by the Borough of Reclamation the federal agencies was justified uh, because it failed to consider the cumulative impacts uh, and the, the, that the agency was relying on, uh, on studies and previous EISs that relied on, on outdated data. Uh, the court then further erred by using the decision that a finding of significant impact was justified <coughs> to then also find that the Water Supply Act had been violated. And the court's failure to apply the legal standard uh, in the Water Supply Act requires, uh, requires remand. Uh, as the first question is more fact-based, I'll turn to the second question first. The water Council, uh, yes, sir. Uh, before, you, before you start your, get to your points, I have a question that kind of goes to something that uh, is an overarching uh, question from my standpoint and provides some context. But um, does it, as an overarching principle, that... Uh, isn't there a requirement in, in order for the state of Missouri or for the downriver states to really uh, be able to complain about these issues, there, it, that this has to be some kind of a significant uh, risk? That is to say that inconsequential diversions of water, for example, from these lakes would not be something that uh, would be subject to uh, to objection, that's number one. And then second, uh, just looking at the facts here, isn't this really just an inconsequential, very, very minor diversion of water, 20 cubic feet per second, and uh, being drawn from, from these lakes at a level that it would take almost a catastrophic drought in order for that amount of water to make any difference to the downriver uh, states. Uh, sorry, yes, Your Honor. Uh, so, uh, to answer your first question, uh, the case here is whether or not the agency uh, uh, found the, the or, or made the issued the final Environmental Assessment Act and made the uh, the finding of no significant impact uh, <clears throat> based on uh, based on outdated uh, data that was relied on in the 2013 cumulative impacts analysis. That, uh, that the federal appellees had used for the Northwest Area Water uh, Northwest Area Project Water Project Supply, uh, and additionally, they then also attached the 2009 federal EIS that was used for when this project was originally a federal uh, project at 122 cubic feet per second. So the uh, the main issue, at least as we're turning to the NEPA side for this, you you actually don't need a uh, a substantial injury. So to speak, for uh, for arbitrary and capricious 
uh, arbitrary and capricious review, you just need to be injured by the agency's failure to consider these impacts. And what Missouri has stated is that, no, these are, in fact, not um, – these are not, in fact, uh, minor impacts to the state of Missouri. That each time you take one percent from uh, from a state from a from a lake, and you take another one percent of what's left, you can continue to take one percent. That this is essentially this idea of a cuts by a thousand uh, paper, or sorry, like loss by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, so, to answer your second question, <coughs> I believe you know, the issue here is that whether or not there uh, whether or not there is a substantial impact or not uh, really goes to the issue of how the agency looked at this looked at this problem, and I think the agency's brief uh, <coughs> rightfully shows that in the environmental assessment uh, report, and it's finding no no uh, no significant impacts, that the agency uh, essentially took the view that that your honor has, which is that oh, this is similar to this other project that we did, the Northwest Area Project. Uh, this is similar to the Federal Red River Valley Project that didn't actually proceed, that has now become the state project. Uh, but what the outdated data that at least the state of Missouri points out is that the federal Red River Pro Valley project was originally only 122 CFS. <coughs> uh, and that now, the, uh, if you look at both the, uh, the water contract, which its sole purpose is to feed water into the expanded state river, uh, Red River Valley project, it goes from 122 CFS to a total of 165 CFS. It's a 35% increase, and uh, in at least uh, the agencies uh, sort of acknowledged that, the, that it had grown, but it actually hasn't studied the, studied the problem. Uh, Council, what, uh, what's wrong with the 2013 study? Why is it insufficient or inappropriate uh, to rely on that study? Uh, because it still has the, uh, the, uh, the state project at a lower uh, level than the uh, than what it current than what it currently was for the for the water uh, contracted issue here. Couldn't they rely on the same uh, underlying data and adjust it for the increased uh, water uh, flow? <clears throat> the agency certainly can, uh, can can you know can do that can study it and decide that you know this additional water uh, would be different. But just by merely sort of attaching these things and sort of relying uh, on this idea that you know it was. Uh, that without really addressing or finding that there would be no impacts from this in increase, which is you know a little more than a third, uh, the agency hasn't really looked at the issue. Uh, I think the agency has to give a look at you know what the increase would potentially do. Uh, and then turning to the Water Supply Act uh, issue, the Water Supply Act uh, applies just like many of the other governing uh, govern statutory governing authorities here. It's just one of many, as the as the as the United States and appellees point out. Um, but here, the water supply applies because federal agencies are attempting to provide long-term water supply uh, from this uh, from the controlled from the controlled reservoir without a permanent storage allocation. Uh, as this as this court has recognized in citing to the U.S. Supreme Court, the uh, the Missouri River Systems Reservoir is cited. Uh, the primary purposes for it are uh, for flood control and navigation, and that's South Dakota versus uh, Ablodi. Council, I've got a, a question about uh, the state of Missouri's position on this. As I understand uh, Missouri's briefs, uh, well, first of all, the, the Water Supply Act uses the term or phrase reservoir project. And as I understand your briefs, uh, it's your position that the reservoir project 
that the Central North Dakota project allegedly modifies is the entire Missouri River main stem reservoir system. Uh, could you explain the, the basis for, for that, and, and why are we not looking at just one project rather than the whole system as the uh, reservoir project uh, at issue under the, the Water Supply Act? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Your Honor. So as my understanding uh, is that uh, what it is, it's at least modifying the Missouri Reservoir System at the Lake Sacagawea uh, station and from there going down. Uh, because right, that's so why, the, why is that not the reservoir project rather than the entire Missouri River main stem uh, system? Uh, you're talking for definitional purposes. For, uh -huh. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, at least as far as, uh, as, far as Missouri is concerned, the, uh, the, the, that the Corps had, uh, had issued for, for the whole system certainly applies for each individual project within it, right? If the, if the whole system's primary purpose is for flood control and navigation, then certainly those have to be the primary purposes for all their individual ones that, that support the primary purposes. So that would be Missouri's position uh, for your definitional uh, question. Uh, and here, what the district court did find is that, and also the environmental assessment, and this is on page, I think, 9 and 10 of the district court's opinion, was that the EA recognized that there isn't any uh, municipal uh, or industrial storage that's already allocated uh, for this purpose, uh, for, the, for the reservoir system there. And under the, I believe it's the engineering reg, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers regulation uh, 1105-2100 especially requires the Corps to, uh, to, do a to, to do a permanent reallocation for, for guaranteeing a long-term priority. Um, and that certainly has not happened here, and that is recognized both by the, uh, by the district court and I think also uh, by the agency, because what the agency has, has essentially said is that it has all these other uh, authorities, like the Dakota Water uh, Natural Resources Act um, and the Flood Control Act of 1944, and various other uh, various other authorities that says we don't need to look at the look at the water supply because it's just supplemental uh, authority, as the tri-states uh, case out of the Eleventh Circuit said. <clears throat> but the question here is really that the that the court has to uh, has to first follow its own regulations as to the, the engineering regulation. Uh, uh, and then also that it's not necessary that it's a supplemental authority here. It's that the court, the, is that the court has to, uh, has to um, comply with all the statutory authorities uh, for, of which the Water Supply Act is one of them. So here, <coughs> because they have not addressed or made the permanent, uh, have not made the permanent allocation for a 40-year contract, which cannot be really considered as temporary, uh, which, would be, which would go toward the the Corps' uh, authority to do surplus authority, right? So they can do sort of temporary allocations within the reservoir system. But to do a permanent allocation, the Corps has to actually go through and, and do it in, in such a, like a rulemaking. Um, so Council, with, with, uh, with the McCluskey Canal already in place and pumping water from the lakes, how could this... Uh, the Central North Dakota project um, create or constitute a major structural or operational change? Right, Your Honor. So the difference is the McCluskey Canal provi itself provides, um, you know, uh, water resources for, uh, for areas close to, 
close to that canal. The issue here is that the, uh, is the water contract authorizes a, a six-mile uh, connection that connects the McCluskey Canal and also the uh, vitally, it's really the Lake Sacagawea uh, uh, water resources to uh, the expanded uh, state uh, Red River Valley project, uh, which is essentially why that six-mile connection doesn't actually serve uh, it doesn't serve or provide water for anything else. It's literally just connecting uh, at a lower cost for the people of North Dakota uh, the water from the McCluskey Canal to the State Red River Valley one. <clears throat> and so it represents a take from Lake Sacagawea because it's being pushed into the expanded, the expanded State Red River Valley project that, uh, that I think everyone, that the district court acknowledged, sort of commingles the water from the Missouri River uh, with other water taken from the Missouri River. And at least some of that, even according to the, uh, the environmental assessment project, will then get pumped over into the Hudson River Valley Basin. And with that, I will reserve uh, the balance of my time. Very well, you may. Thank you for your argument. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, Mr. Beese, are we gonna hear from you first? Good morning, Your Honors. May it please the court. John Beese on behalf of the federal defendants. Um, this case is part of a larger, longstanding dispute regarding the question of uh, upriver versus downriver use of water in the Missouri River Basin. Congress authorized Interior and the Garrison Diversion Unit to construct water supply projects to meet municipal and industrial needs in North Dakota. The Central North Dakota project is at issue here is a small water supply project that is intended to meet anticipated industrial need in six central North Dakota counties within the Missouri River Basin. And to provide some context for how small this project is, um, the Upper River Missouri Basin reservoir system in total loses more water on average to evaporation in two days than this project can draw down at the maximum rate for an entire year, and it's unlikely that it would actually draw the maximum rate continuously. That's just to meet peak demand. Um, the Bureau engaged in a robust assessment of the potential environmental impacts of this project. It considered the relevant areas of uh, environmental concern, and it reached a reasoned and reasonable decision that there would be no significant impact. This EA and the finding was a culmination of a two-year administrative process, which afforded interested parties four opportunities to provide comments. Uh, the, Bureau, the Bureau's environmental assessment extensively considered cumulative and downstream impacts, contrary to the state of Missouri's arguments. The Bureau reviewed and incorporated the best and most comprehensive analysis available, the Army Corps' 2013 uh, cumulative impacts analysis and the 2015 final supplemental EIS for the Northwest Area Water Supply Project, which also draws water from the McCluskey Canal. Those analyses considered the past, present, and reasonably foreseeable future depletions uh, on the Missouri River system. They ran those depletions against historical data for the Missouri River's inflows over the past 80 years to see if those depletions would have had a significant impact. Um, and for this project in particular, the Central North Dakota project, the Bureau explicitly considered whether the data remained valid and it considered whether there should be any changes to the reasonably foreseeable anticipated future projects. Um, and on the latter, although there were some changes, some projects were larger, as uh, my colleague noted. Other projects dropped off, 
and the court concluded that the net effect was essentially no change to the depletions in the analysis. And you can see that um, in the uh, administrative record in the appendix at 460 to 462, sorry, in the administrative record at uh, 395 in the finding of no significant impact, that they concluded that there was no impact. So this question of 122 versus 165 CFS um, that council raised, that was accounted for when the Bureau considered the net balance of the anticipated future projects. So, Council, as I understand it, this project uh, does take about 15,000 acre-feet of water per year. Right. And it effectively gives a priority for that water to the uh, M&I water supply in North Dakota uh, at the expense of downstream navigation interest. Why doesn't that require, require a reallocation uh, under 43 U.S.C.? Uh, Section 390B. Well, Section 390B provides supplemental authority to the Corps and the Bureau to add water supply projects to reservoirs that didn't have water supply as part of the purpose. For instance, an old hydroelectric power project at the Buford Dam in, in Lake Lanier in Atlanta was primarily a hydroelectric project, so the question was whether they needed that supplemental authority to uh, include water supply. Here, the Bureau is not relying on that supplemental authority to take this action. They're relying on the authority provided by the, the three garrison acts. So it's your position that it's already authorized by Congress to uh, right. basically yeah. give a priority to this water use? Yeah, in, in Section uh, 7A1 of the Garrison District Unit uh, Reformulation Act of 1986, uh, it empowers the Secretary of the Interior to construct municipal, rural, and industrial water systems to serve areas throughout North Dakota. And the purpose and needs section of that statute, which is at uh, section 1A2, says the purpose of the statute was to meet the water needs of the state of North Dakota. And uh, acting under that authority as amended with the, by the Dakota Water Resources Act, the Bureau had ample authority to do this without relying on the Water Supply Act authority. So the Water Supply Act, in our view, is simply not relevant to this project because we're not using the supplemental authority it provides. Um, And so, in our view, the, the impact of the state Red River Valley water supply project, which Council is concerned about, was properly considered in the cumulative impacts analysis here. It was one of the future anticipated depletions that was in the studies that the Bureau relied on, and it was that is the appropriate context for this type of independent state project to be considered in an environmental assessment because it's not a connected action under the NEPA regs. It's a... a not a federal project. It's a separate independent state project. It's not interdependent in any ways. They serve separate purposes, and they will proceed independently. Um, and the courts have recognized that agencies are not required to aggregate their actions with other non-federal actions. The whole point of the Connected Actions Doctrine is to ensure that the federal government is not dividing up its projects into you know, different pieces so that they can understate the environmental impacts. It's to make sure that all federal actions on a Project are considered together and the cumulative impact is understood. Uh, that was essentially the only argument Missouri offered for why a EIS was necessary here, but it's based on this faulty premise that the Red River State Project was a, a connected action. And if Council have any questions, I'd be happy to address them. All right, thank you for your argument. Johnson, we'll hear from you. 
Now we'll hear from the uh, Oops, Mr. Bennett Johnson first. <laughs> May it please the court. Um, my name is Bennett Johnson, <clears throat> and I represent the Garrison Diversion, Diversion Conservancy District. This is my first time being here at the Eighth Circuit, so I thank you for the opportunity to appear. Um, the Garrison Diversion joined into the federal defendant um, appellee's brief, so I don't need to repeat a lot of the things here, but I'd like to emphasize a few points. Uh, Garrison Diversion was created by the state of North Dakota to oversee the realization of the Garrison Diversion Unit of the Missouri River Basin Project um, as authorized by the Flood Control Act of 1944. When originally authorized, North Dakota was promised over 1 million acres of irrigation as compensation for the 300,000 acres of prime farmland um, that was lost to the permanent flood um, through the creation of these dams. Um, over time, the focus on irrigation shifted to municipal, rural, and industrial water supply, among other uses, as, author as authorized through the Garrison Diversion Unit Act of 1965, the Garrison Diversion Reformulation Act of 1986, and the Dakota Water Resources Act of 2000. The Central North Dakota Water Supply Project would be one of the first projects to fulfill the purposes of these statutes. However, due to ongoing litigation, water resource development in North Dakota has been halted and stalled. As my colleague pointed out, once distilled to its core, this dispute, as evidenced through the record, is, a, is that Missouri opposes any consumptive use of Missouri River water by upper basin states. Um, there, there's no amount of environmental review that would redress their objections uh, to North Dakota's water supply development goals through the Missouri River. Um, there, there's also been some confusion through the record of the various water supply projects that North Dakota has developed um, or is proposing to develop. They're alternative water supplies. North Dakota, through the Garrison version, is looking at 165 CFS uh, to use to, in central North Dakota, 20 CFS in central North Dakota, and 145 CFS eventually to the Red River Valley. The, either it'll be through the state project, 165 CFS, or 20 CFS through the Central North Dakota Water Supply and the McCluskey Canal as a cost-saving option. Um, this is all within the administrative record. The federal facilities are already constructed using water from the McCluskey Canal to serve water users within Central North Dakota. This is not an interbasin transfer of water. The Central North Dakota Water Supply is not an interbasin transfer of water. If it was, would that be prohibited? I don't, it wouldn't be prohibited. There would just be additional review pursuant to the Dakota Water Resources Act. That if the federal government was looking to take water uh, as authorized through the Dakota Water Resources Act, an EIS would need to be completed. And we've acknowledged that. And then in an alternative water supply, if we were through the eastern North Dakota alternate water supply, uh, there's an EIS done for that already that references the interbasin uh, transfer issues. Um, again, the Central North Dakota supply is limited to in-basin use through engineering controls and metering and other um, items uh, or other engineering features of this water supply project. Um, as touched on earlier, the Central North Dakota water supply project is a max 20 CFS water supply to serve Missouri River Basin water users. Um, it's, again, it's a cost-saving option. The federal facilities are already constructed. 
Um, we need the, the water service contract through reclamation and the approvals to do additional construction, um, power lines to get uh, Flood Control Act preference pumping power, among some other approvals. Um, the last point I would like to make, as my colleague has already pointed out, is that the water supply, it's the Garrison Diversions view that the Water Supply Act 1958 is inapplicable here. That through the, the Garrison Act, these three statutes I referenced earlier, the Garrison uh, Diversion Unit Act of 1965, the Reformulation Act of 86, and the Dakota Water Resources Act of 2000, um, Congress has already authorized municipal, rural, and industrial water supply for the people of North Dakota. Um, the uh, Missouri's reading <clears throat> of the case law, particularly this tri-states rights case, as evidenced in the brief, is incorrect. I think the Utilizing Enabling Act authority, such as these garrison acts, is sufficient. In, in this tri-states right case, it was the Corps' position that the Enabling Act, this Rivers and Harbors Act, didn't provide for water supply. But then they had an alternative argument that even if it did, it wasn't enough to meet Georgia's water request. And I think the court in that case said, you have to look at the Enabling Act, and then also, if you're still going to deny it there, you, can, you need to look at the Water Supply Act. Here, Reclamation identified initially that these garrison acts are sufficient for this water supply. So accordingly, um, the, the Water Supply Act is, is inapplicable here. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. We'll hear rebuttal from the state of Missouri. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. Uh, so very quickly, I think we want to sort of highlight a couple of issues. Uh, the first is that the federal employees in both the, uh, in the Garrison Division, sorry, the Garrison Diversion Unit have all uh, ab essentially abandoned the district court's reasoning for why the Water Supply Act did not apply. Uh, under this court's precedent, uh, when, you know, I think we all sort of agreed that the district court got this wrong. And under this court's precedent, I think it's under Kavain, uh, that's cited in our brief, this court should, just re should remand for the court to decide uh, on first view which of these authorities should apply uh, and, and whether or not there are any other, any other factual issues that the court would need to make its determination under the Act. Um, the other thing that I also want to highlight is that the, is that the other statutory authorities that, they are, that the federal appellees and the garrison diversion are, uh, are essentially relying on, these were all in effect when there, when as the district court noted in footnote six uh, of the brief, it's a carryover from I think pages 34 to 35, <coughs> that all these were already in effect when uh, all these other authorities were already in effect when the secretary, uh, when the reclamation authority uh, said that it would need to uh, to the, for any of these like potential out of basin transfers, they would need to uh, it would need to comply with the water supply act. Uh, so, by failing to mention it in the, in the environmental assessment or in the FONSI, uh, the, court, the agency has essentially uh, overruled its prior understanding of what authority it has under uh, all these laws. Uh, and that is a, a, a sub silentio change that uh, FCC versus Fox uh, pro prohibits. It's also noted in the, um, in the State Farm case from 1980 from the Supreme Court. They said that you know, agencies may change, but, uh, but when they change their mind, they do to, to give a reason and tell us why. Uh, and with that, Your Honors, my time has expired, and I would ask the court to, to remand this case to the district court for further proceedings. 
All right, very well. Thank you for your argument. Thank you. Thank you to all counsel. The case is submitted, and the court will file a decision in due course. Counsel are excused.